Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. Welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. This is Rachel Marshall and Bruce Weiner, and we have a special guest with us today, to talk about one of the life's most exciting topics. I'm sure you're just at the edge of your seats waiting to talk about discipline, but we are going to talk about that today with the world's most disciplined man, Craig Valentine. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate it. Excellent. Well, I want to just set up the conversation a little bit here because if you are in business and you're building a business and you're building a life that ultimately you want to be in love with and love how it is showing up for you, you need to be in a position that you have discipline in your life. If you are one of those people who is going towards the top 1% of performers and achievers and producers, there's something that is different about their lives. And Craig has done a lot of work around figuring out what that is, what it means to be a top performer. And he is ready to talk with you about that today. So just a few things about Craig. He is known as the world's most disciplined man. Um, He says he was born lazy and introverted. Uh, We're going to uncover that a little bit more. I'm not sure if he actually was lazy. We'll we'll find out. Um, He said he was also... Ask my parents when I grew (laughs) up. They would definitely say, this kid is lazy. Nice. Nice. And uh, he also suffered crippling anxiety attacks. So we're going to hear a little bit about that as well. But he's built systems that have allowed him to build multiple seven-figure businesses. And here's the key, stress-free. So his first multi-million dollar business was with Turbulence Training Fitness Empire. That's over 151,000 customers and 25 million YouTube views. That's pretty impressive. And then he wrote several books as well. We're going to unpack those today. The Perfect Day Formula, The Perfect um, morning, I'm sorry, the perfect week formula, I believe it's called. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to really dig into this work that he's done around the idea of discipline because it's different than probably what you have been told it actually means. So Craig, thank you again very much for joining us today. Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. So lead us through a little bit of that process. What brought you to this place right now where you're able to say, Hey, I've built these businesses. I've written these books. I'm helping people. I'm super disciplined. How did that start for you? Yeah, I bet you people are probably wondering, why is this guy called the world's most disciplined man? Come on. Isn't it one of those Navy SEAL guys or something? And I'll say, you know, maybe I'm the, the world's most disciplined civilian or something like that. But it came about, Rachel, because about uh, 10 years ago, I was finishing up my kind of career in the fitness industry and I was starting another business helping entrepreneurs be more productive and that sort of stuff. And some of my friends would be like, man, how do you get so much done? You crank out like two newsletters a day and you, you know, you write this and you write that. And I see you actually making YouTube videos like 10 years ago. It's a long time on YouTube. And they, they first started calling me the most productive person. And then that just kind of morphed into the most disciplined because in order to be productive, you really kind of have to have discipline. But a lot of people, what they do when they think of discipline, they think of the football coach yelling in your face. They think of maybe today, they think of cold showers. They think of 5 a.m. club. They think of all those things. Those are adding more things into my life to be more disciplined. But I actually take the opposite approach and, and I call it effortless discipline. And what this is, is it's really not using willpower. It's not making your life harder. It is simply 
actually building systems into which success becomes almost automatic. Mm-hmm. And that can be seen in everything from like mindless eating, which we all are all guilty of at one point in our life. And there's actually a guy who wrote a book called Mindless Eating, a guy named Brian Wansink from Cornell University. And in a very simple example of his nutrition stuff that I'll, I'll apply to like how you can be more disciplined in like two seconds here. So Brian Wansink found that if you have a bowl of M&Ms within arm's reach at your desk, you're going to eat a lot of them. Okay, duh, of course. <laughs> now, if, if you move that across, uh, off your table across the room, you're going to eat less. Okay, also not a not real rocket surgery there, but clear. And then if you move it into another room, you eat fewer. And if you put it up in another room, up in a high cupboard, you're not going to eat as many. And then if you don't have it in the house, you're not going to eat any at all. So I, I was like, as a personal trainer, I was always looking at me, man, that's interesting. Now, how can I use that to become more productive as I try to go from personal trainer to you know, entrepreneur, as I was trying to do years and years ago? And I realized it's the same with our phone, right? So our phone if it's sitting beside us and we're supposed to be doing something, we're going to check our phone. Now, mm-hmm. if you move your phone off the table, it's going to be harder to check your phone. If you put your phone in another room, if you put your phone in another room, you put it in airplane mode, you turn it physically off and you put it in a desk drawer, chances are you're actually going to be able to focus. Now, that's not adding a cold shower or yelling at yourself or doing anything, you know, affirmations even. It's simply removing the destroying distractions or removing what I call the toxic temptations. When you do that, it makes the path to success a lot smoother. And so, you know, we joked earlier about me being lazy and unmotivated when I grew up, but, you know, I grew up on a farm in Canada and I just wasn't into manual labor as much as uh, most farm boys should be. (laughs) So my parents did kind of give me a hard time. Um, when I, when I went and, you know, got a job for $2.85 an hour at a, at a local greenhouse when I was 12 years old, I started working a whole lot harder because I was finally getting paid for it instead of working for free around the house. But, you know, that's why I joked that I was lazy and undisciplined because I didn't have the systems and stuff at home in order to be effective and disciplined and, and productive. But anybody can build the systems around themselves to be successful. And this doesn't just go for discipline. This goes for fitness. This goes for, you know, your finances, as I'm sure, like you're probably going, oh, that's like, you know, removing, you know, maybe your credit cards from your wallet when you go out instead of, you know, being able to spend all your money. If you don't have your credit cards, you can't spend money. And therefore Mm -hmm. you're more disciplined with your finances. So everybody can apply that discipline through subtraction, success through subtraction. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know I've been ranting for a, a couple of minutes here, but I'll just finish off with this and say that, be, you know, when I was a personal trainer, I saw the same sort of things that I see when people are trying to be more productive. You know, people are trying to lose weight and they come to the gym and they add more workouts in, but it's not about adding more workouts. It's actually about removing the cheesecake factory on Friday and Saturday night and the brunch and then the big family dinner and like, okay. You can do great things five and a half days a week, but if you destroy yourself two days of the week, the negativity far exceeds the positive benefit from the workouts. And it's the same with drinking. Like you can be a good good boy and say the serenity prayer and drink water six days a week. But if you go to the pub on Friday night, well, you know, you drink 10 beers, like you're never going to get out of that cycle. So it's discipline through subtraction and removing of the toxic temptations that allows us to get so far ahead and achieve so much of what we want. So Craig, I, I, I've watched your YouTube videos too, and they're very, very interesting, but I was wondering if they're, and you said anybody can do this. Um, I actually have followed another fellow Canadian 
Dan Sullivan for years oh, and years yeah. and years. And Dan preaches that, you know, all the time, you need to build a teamwork, you know, find somebody that can do what you don't want to do. And he uses the Colby personality assessment. Do you find, do you find that any personalities though are much more likely not to be able to, to take things out of their lives? That's uh, a great question. Now I'm not a big, uh, I'm not as much into dance stuff. And I was a member of strategic coach for a while. I'm not as much into that. Um, what I would look at is with every single person is that there's a way to adapt the argument and fundamentals to them. Doesn't matter. So for example, like this is kind of sort of similar, but in my productivity books, we talk about getting up and attacking your morning first thing in the morning. But there's 20% of people who are night owls. Chronologically, biologically, they work better at night. They, they just don't function very well in the morning. And for someone like me, who is a morning person, I don't quite understand it, but it's research proven. Mm -hmm. And so I built a system that it doesn't matter what time of day is your best time of day to be productive. You can still use the foundations because I used to get a lot of criticism about my books like, oh, he's just telling you to wake up really early in the morning. No, I'm not telling you to wake up early in the morning. What I'm saying is it's not about the hour that you get up. It's about what you do with the hours that you are up. And mm -hmm. so we just take these fundamentals and principles and we fit them to your um, chronological, you know, um, it's called chronotype. That's what it is. It's like your, your circadian rhythms. So I'm probably... I probably be comfortable doing the same with personality types, but you totally stumped me. I've never been asked that question before in my life. It's interesting, but I've never actually considered it. Um, so it's interesting. I'm, I've never actually heard that before. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, there's a, obviously I think there's certain personal, well, I shouldn't say obviously, cause obviously it, it, you, you didn't consider it, but I think there's certain personality types that are more conducive to a regimented, a regimented yeah. discipline thing. And I was also in education for 17 years. So I saw this also. That doesn't mean like, as Sullivan would say, is like a quick start person mm -hmm. who's, you know, just off to the shiny object. Doesn't mean that they can't be disciplined enough to hire somebody to actually put some of those things in place for them, which means it's really, like you said, it's subtracting things off of their plate so that they can be more productive for what they do really, really well. Absolutely. And it also, you know, one of the things that I'm really, really big on is getting after that first thing, that most important thing as early as possible in the day, because, you know, research shows that you have the greatest discipline, willpower, and intention first thing in the morning or early in the morning. And it does, you know, it doesn't matter what your early is compared to my early, but it's when you have, you know, so discipline is like a depletable resource. It's like the same depletable resource that you have in your legs when you go and run a marathon. And if you get up in the morning and you have to have discipline because you're, you know, you're trying not to get upset with your kids because they're not paying attention. And then you get into your traffic and it's like, oh, you got to have discipline and not cut somebody off. You know, you're already depleted in your discipline a certain amount by the time you get to the office, if you are going to an office in this day and age. And so it's, that's the reason why we got to get after that thing first thing in the morning. Doesn't matter what time of day that is. Doesn't matter what the personality type is. Like that's not different among people. And so we need to kind of structure our days so that some of those other factors don't really come in play. You know, it's really interesting that I know because I've seen on both sides of the spectrum, I've seen what happens in my life when I just let the 
the email drive me and the ping here and then the little crisis and a small emergency. And before I know it, I'm completely off the rails of everything that I had intended to do for the day and not focused on my main objective. But I've also seen the other side of focusing on the deep work that matters first thing and making sure that you leave the other things to the periphery. And it's interesting that I mean, you could call it the big rock theory, putting the big rocks in first. You could also um, realize that as we make time for the things that are most important, then it almost gives you energy to get through the other things as well. And there's something that you share. Um, I would love for your quote on this because it, I think this is really applicable to anyone, but you say something like, do your deep work in the morning so you can conquer the chaos of the afternoon so that you can do what matters in the evening, something along those lines. Can you share what yeah, that yeah, is about? It's, 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 uh, so that's from the first book, The Perfect Day Formula. And there was a lot of influence of stoicism uh, mm -hmm. on this, uh, particularly a book around Epictetus's teaching. And, and he says, control what you can, cope with what you can't control and concentrate on what counts. And I said, well, that's remarkably similar to how a day goes, right? We can really control our morning. We control what time we get up. We can control what we have for breakfast more than most other meals. We can control what time we, we get started on our work, that sort of stuff. We control what we let into our heads, whether we go to YouTube immediately or Twitter immediately, or we actually sit down with a book or we sit down and work on our number one priorities. We have a lot of control in the morning. And the more control we put over the morning, the better we're going to be able to deal with the chaos that comes in the afternoon, right? So you know, once you're at work or into your work day, now everyone's bringing their problems and, you know, a kid gets sick at school and you have to go pick them up or, you know, something breaks or whatever it is. And like, there's always going to be something that goes a little bit off track during a day, some days way worse than others. Now we need to be mentally prepared to deal with that chaos. You know, we need to understand that it's coming and we need to understand like how to control our emotions when it happens. So that again, if you control your morning and get a lot done. And you have the proper um, you know, outlook on life so that you're prepared to deal with the chaos of the afternoon, then you're able to end work on time and you're able to concentrate on what counts at night. That's, you know, that's the way it is for most of us living a traditional lifestyle, work throughout the day, family time at night. And I do love that separation of work life and home life. It's, you know, I'm a very traditional person and, and you know, for a long time, I, I struggled with this. But I do very well now with like, there is a certain time where it's cut off time, the phone is off, it's in airplane mode, I only use it to see what time it is throughout the rest of the evening. And it's all family time, it's all present time. And mm. I believe that is really, first of all, it served me well on the stress side. Anytime I deviate, anytime I break my own rules, I pay the price. Like Sunday night, um, I accidentally left the phone uh, in the opposite of airplane mode, whatever that is, like on Earth mode, and <laughs> I got I got a, I got a oh message God. from my I got a message from my sister, which was fine, and then I opened up, you know, foolishly opened up an app and got into a conversation with somebody who who said something that kind of threw me for a loop, and I didn't sleep well. And man, I was like shaking my head. You know, the good thing is I've I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, so I built up this attitude of is you know every minute away from the mistake is a, is a minute moving towards the better, whether it's a binge eating session that I used <laughs> to do with my beloved chocolate covered almonds back in the day, or, or, you know, 20 years ago when I used to drink and it's like, okay, woke up with a hangover, but every single minute moves me away, moves me towards getting back on track. So I'm always 
you know, not beating myself up, but looking ahead to the positives. And so, you know, just having those systems in place is, is what we need. And everybody listening to this is probably familiar with Dilbert, you know, the cartoon. And Scott Adams, who writes Dilbert, has actually written some really great books on being successful in life. He actually, his title of his book is How to Fail at Everything and Still Succeed in Life, I think. And he just talks about how everything is not about goal setting. It's about system building. So if you wanted to be great at golf, you wouldn't set a goal of like, oh, this year I want to lower my handicap by five because it's it's like almost just wishful thinking. But if you built a system where every single, like you've prepaid in advance for golf lessons and every single day at 12 o'clock, you have to go and, and show up for the golf lesson. And if you don't show up, You've built a system where you owe your friend another $50. And if you, you know, you have to go and hit this many balls. If you just build all these systems, that if you just do these things and operate within these systems, you become successful. Like if everybody built a system for their youngsters where, you know, the system is for an hour every day, everybody puts their phones away and we all sit down as a family and we work together through your homework. Like if you built that system, it'd almost be impossible to fail. Because if the system does a half decent job, success is almost automatic. And that's the same with the effortless discipline and the discipline through subtraction. Like the system works if it excludes the things. If the, mm-hmm. if the stuff that comes in that destroys our life is allowed in, then the system's broken. And it's not our fault. It's the system. We just got to go and fix the system. Like, you know, it's like the levees and you know, that protect or, uh, you know, New Orleans from being flooded. Like if the systems are working, the city stays safe. If the systems are overwhelmed, like through a hurricane or something, then, then the system breaks and we're in trouble. And it's the same thing we set up for our lives. And so that's why, again, it's not about adding hard things. It's just about building, I, I call it building a fence around yourself to protect yourself from the negative impacts of the things that we're addicted to. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's a phone or whether it's Netflix or whether it's wine or whether it's gossip or whatever sports shows or whatever it is, you got to build a system around it that stops you from doing it. And the last thing I'll say on that, Rachel and, and Bruce, is that um, one of the things I have as a system is public accountability. I build like that works really well for me and I build it into my systems. And when I say that, like when I do a podcast like this and I say to people that I shut my phone off at X time, usually it's 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time because we live in Vancouver. And if somebody sees this, stranger, right? Stranger sees this and goes, Oh, I'm going to follow this guy. See if he's like, says, see if he acts the way he talks, right? See if mm-hmm. he walks the walk. And, you know, I go on there and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to message him at eight o'clock at night Pacific time. And he answers me right away. It's like, wait a minute, I can't trust this guy. And of course, then you're, you're a hypocrite, you're a liar, whatever it is. And nobody wants to, really be that way where, you know, hypocrites are seen like, you know, there's like people that steal old ladies purses and then (laughs) under that are hypocrites. Right. (laughs) And so, so public accountability is a great system. It's like all of a sudden, like, oh my goodness, uh, about 10 years ago, almost like 10 years ago this month, I quit cursing. So I used to curse like truckers sort of thing, but I never, but I noticed one day I was uh, actually doing a workout and I was, I was deep in thought and I was like, you know, I never curse on stage. And I've never cursed in front of my mother, which means I have voluntary control over my cursing. And therefore, you know, every single day I'm telling people to improve their lives and, you know, do this and avoid negativity. And like, but here I am, I can't even like not, 
you know, curse around my friends. So I went and I told my email list of those 151,000 people that you mentioned earlier, like, I'm not going to swear anymore. And it took me four days to beat it. But that was part of the system. It's like, now I, I can't go and just, you know, start swearing because people go, well, you're a hypocrite. And mm -hmm. I don't want that to happen. So I'm looking for all of those things, which just make the success automatic. You know, this is really so fascinating of a conversation. I love the systems. I love setting up rules. You talk about having rules for your life as well. And that a rule is easier to follow than something that is wishful thinking. Like I would prefer not to eat gluten. Well, if I have right. a rule that I don't ever eat gluten, well, then that's going to change my ability to follow through with my wishes and my my desires. What's what's really interesting is that you also talk about this is not just about working harder. It's not about working more hours. I think probably everyone who comes to you is already working harder than they want to work and realizing that they can have more in life by working less and be more focused with the time that they do have. And that's the cool thing. We're, we all have 24 hours in a day, but it's how do we direct those hours to truly not just accomplish our business goals, but really live a life that we that sets us on fire, that really is in alignment with our value system and what we really, really want to create. So as we look at this whole idea of having systems, being in alignment with who you say you are and your value system and not working harder, I mean, it really is very similar financially, where you right. want to be in a position where you have a system financially, a system that you follow. Here's how you save and here's how you put your money into investing or here's how you're in a position of making sure that you're not getting out of control. Yeah. And it's like the automatic debits and automatic investing. And it's it like when you were saying that, it was like, oh my God, why didn't I use that example before? Because those are systems that can help anybody who's horrible with money to, to fix those problems. Yes, absolutely. And and we could go down any number of money trails with that. And and what's just really interesting is that you're seeing on a regular basis that it's not having a better, uh, more creativity. It's not necessarily even having a better, um, a better coach. It's about having more discipline that allows people to accomplish more. So yeah, and, and on that, I just like a cool little story for everybody listening is I'm fascinated with people's morning routines. And for example, like Stephen King, most of us are familiar with Stephen King. He's written over 55 best-selling books. You know, that was the last time I checked his Wikipedia, which is like three years ago. And every single day, Stephen King goes up to his writing office and he sits in, you know, the last time I saw it, it was like this crappy old chair in this crappy old attic, it looks like. And he writes from nine until he's done 2,000 words every single day. If he's in the middle of a book, July 4th, Christmas, doesn't matter, every single day. So you're eating your Wheaties or having a donut break, and he's writing Pet Cemetery, you know, at like nine in the morning, not, not, at, not, not like three in the morning. And he just has the system. And he does that because he's a huge Boston Red Sox fan, and he cannot go and turn on the Boston Red Sox game, which usually started at like 1.30 in the afternoon in the summertime. He can't do it until he's done his 2,000 words. And so when people think like, oh, those creative types, they must, you know, they're just sitting around waiting for creativity to strike. No, the most creative people just treat it as, as work and they, they get after it and they do the work and the creativity kind of comes through the work. So it is the same sort of thing. You build systems around the creativity. You know, Craig, I read a book, The War of Art by oh, yeah. Stephen Pressfield way back when I first started creating YouTube videos and doing any writing at all. 
And I remembered that idea that you don't wait for the inspiration to strike. You do the work regardless of how inspired you are. And the inspiration comes when you're in the midst of that doing the work that seems like it's maybe boring or something you don't even want to do at that time. But can you talk for just a minute? Why is it so important to get aligned with what your values are and what your goals are first? Because you could be really disciplined and not necessarily going where you want to go. How do you make sure that you're disciplined about the right things? Yeah, that is a really wonderful question. And, you know, it's, I see people who are very productive in life, but you actually look at the things that they've done and they're productive at the wrong things. And so you can get, you know, 118 things done in a day, but if they're the things that don't actually do anything for your real true goals, Oh, I mean, it's like being in Los Angeles and and running really, really fast west if you want to get to New York City. Like that's not really going to work very well for you. You may as well just you know be a whole lot smarter and go east. So you know, back to back to that is with the goals and values in life. Understanding, I, I actually say it like this: it's your values and vision drive every decision. Your values and vision drive every decision. And it's funny, I was just right before this, I was having a coaching call with a client and, you know, he, he was talking about something that he did personally that I see all the time. And he was, you know, at a, at a point in his life, a turning point where he was struggling. And he said, I don't like where I am right now. So I'm going to write down exactly what I want. And he wrote all these things down. Like he wanted to be making a million dollars a year and driving this car. And the next morning he woke up and he read it and he goes, these are wrong. These are not what I truly want. And that's similar to how when I do a lot of my workshops, we spend some time saying, uh, we actually say in 10 years from now, what do you want to achieve for your health, wealth, personal enrichment, uh, and your family? Like, what experiences do you want to have here? And people write all these things down. And it's just like this big brain dump. And you look at them and you go, well, you know, the number one thing you said about family is that you want to raise well-adjusted children. But I know that you're working 11 hours a day and you have an hour commute each way. How does that align? How does that align? You know, like you're, you say, and if people are able to watch this, you say that you want to go this way in life, but your actions are actually going in the opposite direction and you're not aligned. And that misalignment causes stress, anxiety, fights with your spouse and all that sort of stuff. And I'm, I'm guilty as charged because 20, no, 15 years ago. So 2006, I was a personal trainer writing for Men's Health Magazine, building this online business. And I was also a binge drinker on the weekends. And Mm -hmm. I would feel such, I would feel that I'd be that hypocrite on Monday, writing an article for Men's Health Magazine, exhausted. Um, Sometimes I'd do some work on Sunday, hungover. And I was like, man, if people reading Men's Health knew how many beers I drank last night, like I, I would never be able to write for the magazine again. And that, I truly believe that was a huge part of the anxiety that I experienced. So it was like mm. that and a few other things. And, and um, you know, that was incongruence, misalignment. Mm-hmm. Now, when you truly understand what your values and your vision are for your future, and you operate in accordance with them, then you're aligned. Mm-hmm. And that's when success will come faster and everything and your marriage gets stronger and your business grows. And you hire great people and your finances finally stay stable instead of going up and down like so many people do, especially entrepreneurs. And we all know people that you know just bring 
drama after drama after drama into their life. And those people are misaligned in their actions and their goals or their actions and their values. But when you get those things on the same page, whoosh, you get get an actual whoosh effect, which is where success comes in a massive, massive way for you. So I experience it personally. I know a lot of people that have, and, and it does take a little bit of introspection and self-reflection to figure Mm -hmm. out what you truly, truly want. Cause a lot of us, what we say we want are things that society has suggested that we want, that our friends want, that our friends have. And you think about like, I do not actually care. Like I do not wear a a watch. Um, You know, I've been given a Rolex, uh, you know, through work. I, I, you know, our company performed so well that this guy gave us a Rolex and I'm like, I never wear a watch. I don't care about a Rolex. I mean, I, you know, God bless you if you do, and you're really into timepieces. I think it's wonderful that you know it's clearly uh, a fascinating piece of art. But I don't care, and I will never care, and I will forget it. And so I just I just regifted it to my brother-in-law because uh, you know I just do not care about it. It's not a value to me. And so you know if I had a windfall in my business, I you know and I I know some people that spend it on watches, and I just don't get it. Uh, and so if I did that, it would be out of alignment. And I'd feel silly and you know stressful and all that sort of stuff. So know thyself, mm-hmm. as Shakespeare said, is is very important. So it's, the whole <clears throat> the whole thing I find interesting about humans is we make decisions based upon things we hear more than about things we have actually experienced. Yeah, and um, so I think it would be good, although people haven't experienced yet. Uh, they're going to make the decisions based upon what they hear. Can you give us some examples of real life people that have changed their lives as far as you, you know, using some of your uh, philosophies? Well, I mean, I can start with myself. And, and so when I was a young man, um, around age 30, my online business started to take off. And, you know, like most young single guys, you go to Vegas and you do these epic trips and all that sort of stuff. And I would just come back thinking, my goodness, I, I really feel empty here. And so I started studying guys like Dan Sullivan. And Dan Sullivan has a, has a mutual friend with, uh, with myself, a guy named Cameron Harold. And Cameron Harold wrote a great book called Double Double. And in Double Double, it's talking about creating the vision for your life. And I also read an article about a guy named Ari Weinswig in Michigan, who owns Zingerman's Deli, I believe. And that, art, that article was in Inc. Magazine years and years ago, and it was about creating a vision for your life. And so I sat down and I wrote the vision for my life. And there were, there were two times in my life where doing vision exercises not only brought me, they actually brought me more than what I wanted. So in 2006, I hired my first business coach on my first call with my first business coach. The very first question he asked me on the first call, he goes, Craig, what do you want your business to look like in five years from now? And at that time, I was only running my fitness business. And I said, you know, in five years from now, I, I, you know, there's this website out there I really love called Early to Rise. I want to have a business like Early to Rise. And he said, well, I know that website. Uh, it's very successful. But if you want to do that, you got to become a better speaker, a better writer, a better coach, better entrepreneur, and you got to grow your network. So I spent the next several years doing all of those things. And four years later, I met a, a friend of mine and he said, hey, what do you want to do with you know, your business. And I said, well, I, I want to have a business like Early to Rise. A few months later, that gentleman was at a, an event with the owner of Early to Rise, a guy named Mark Ford, who wrote a bunch of books under the name Michael Masterson. He wrote a book called Ready, Fire, Aim. It gets really messy because he had to have a pen name, of course. But um, he, you know, my friend Matt was at this event with 
Mark Ford. And Mark Ford said, I think I'm ready. You know, I'm done with early to rise. My friend said, I know a guy who would love to buy it. And I bought that exact business five years, three months, and 17 days after my very first call with my coach who said, what do you want in five years? And I was like, that's, that's awesome. crazy. Like when I write about it, I get goosebumps when I talk oh, about it. Oh, I did it. too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, that's, man, that's just so crazy. I'm a skeptical guy. I'm like, really? That stuff doesn't happen. And then the other thing that happened was when I wrote my first book, The Perfect Day Formula, I wrote, you know, in 2020, I'm going to be married, um, you know, I'm going to live at this address, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And not all of that came true. But the funny thing was that when I wrote that book with the vision for my life, you know, I was unmarried and I hadn't found this woman yet. And all of these people who would read this book, they would go, Hey, how's this coming along? How's this coming along? It was like public accountability mm -hmm. to the hundredth, uh, you know, exponent there. And, you know, as it got closer to 2020, I'm like starting to really feel it, you know, feel the heat from people. And I started taking more and more action and asking, you know, all the successful women I know who knew other successful women for all these introductions. And long story short, I finally got introduced to the woman who, you know, just got married to and, and we're going to have a kid next year or baby girl. And like everything happened that I wrote about that I then subscribed to the public accountability, like the system. I put the systems to work and it's been, uh, it's been wonderful for me. And I, I actually have a, a coaching client of mine. He came to one of my workshops. He said, I want to find a beautiful girl and, and, you know, my life partner. And, you know, through the coaching for the next couple of months, I saw him doing all these things for other people. He was off to, you know, support a friend here. And then he was off to be a best man here. And he was off to go on a trip here. And I was like, all right, I've let this go on long enough. I've noticed like you're not doing anything, you know, you're, you're misaligned. You said you want this. You're doing all these things. What's up? And he's like, oh, yeah, what should I do? And I said, public accountability. So he, he then understood what I meant. And so he went to his Facebook group of 2000 people in his industry. And he said, you know, this is uh, July or August, and I'm going to find this uh, you know, the woman of my dreams before the end of this year. And if I don't, I'm going to do something embarrassing. You guys can tell me everything that you, you know, run down. He's from San Diego. It's like run down Market Street naked if, if you don't find this woman. And, but at the same time, all these women started reaching out and say, oh, I'd love to introduce you to my sister or to my niece or whatever. And none of those worked out, but there was this eventually this one young lady from Australia. Again, he lives in San Diego. She reached out. They connected. They did two Zoom dates. She came over to America on a trip, and three years later, they're married. And it's just like, okay, you just gotta, you know, when when you know what you want, you got to put all your actions in alignment, and mm -hmm. that's how it's all going to come together. You know, this reminds me of Wallace Waddles. Um, he he writes um, the science of becoming rich, the science of being great. It's in the whole series yeah, of books have, around Napoleon Hill. Upstairs, I can't remember what it is, but I remember reading a Wallace Waddles book. Recently. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, he he talks about that idea that you have to have the vision, but then you can't just have it as a vision. You have to line up your life to yeah. achieve it and to be ready to receive it. You can't just have it as on a vision board only. I love That's that you shared. Is um, if you just you know people are just walking around saying I'm going to become a millionaire or billionaire or whatever. It's like you, you know we all, we all hear that stuff, and I don't know who said it, whether it was like Gandhi or Einstein. They just said uh, you know a vision without action action is hallucination, mm -hmm. and, and I see that a lot. You know mm -hmm. people make these wild claims. I'm like, first of all, it doesn't make sense. Like how are you going to achieve that when you know I know where you are right now, but but I also see the actions you're taking. They're simply not in alignment 
And therefore you either don't really want it and you're just saying it because of somebody else has suggested it, or you're just, you know, completely delusional. Mm. We need to fix that. So can you share what you have for somebody who's saying, I want more of whatever you are talking about because I need more discipline in my life. I want to grow my business. I want to live in alignment with my goals and my value system. You have a lot to offer. Can you share with somebody where they might get started? I know you've got a newsletter, you've got books, you've got programs, coaching. I I would highly recommend to start simply with my latest book. It's called Perfect Week Formula. It's at perfectweekformula.com. It incorporates like figuring out the vision, building up the, the structure of your week so that you're using systems to take back control of your life, to work 10 to 20 fewer hours per week. And, and I know that's like a pretty bold claim, but I truly believe like if, if you, if you put me on Tony Robbins private jet with him for 30 minutes and, you know, we were cruising around, I'd be able to make an extra two to five hours, even in Tony's life. And so like the, the structures that we show people, the systems that we show people are key and they really, really will open up a lot of time. They'll help you start down that road of delegation. And it doesn't matter, you know, personality type or, you know, a chronotype around, you know, what time of day you want to get up, it really will get you to think differently about how you use and block and batch your time. And that book alone is, is going to be a game changer for a lot of people. And they can grab it at perfectweekformula.com or it's on Amazon as well. And, uh, you know, audio books or whatever you prefer, just start there and, and, you know, get some huge wins from that, you know, get to see if you, if you like my stuff and, and go from there. Excellent. Well, Craig, this has been really insightful. Thank you so much for being willing to share your wisdom with our tribe and our audience here. It's really interesting that in order to build a life and business you love, you have to have the discipline and the systems to be able to create that in alignment with your goals, your value system. And it's not just about building the business. It's also about having the life that you went into business for in the first place. And I think that theme keeps coming up over and over with multiple guests that we have on the show. And the idea that, I mean, you're probably familiar with Mike Michalowicz, who's written Profit First, and this right, whole idea yeah. that you didn't start in business just so that you could you know, drag along behind the, the treadmill of this business and it's dragging you and it's sucking the life and energy out of you. It's but really- Most people who around. say they have a business really have a job. And it yes. might be a high paying job, but they have a job. And uh, I mean, you want to talk about systems. Profit First is- systems, you know, all day long. So mm-hmm. just that it works. Absolutely. And Bruce has a quote that he you normally say about that most most business owners are the highest paid employee or lowest paid employee in the business. Right. Often, <laughs> right. Lowest paid. Often right. yes, absolutely. I said it all the time. Um, but so who who how can we make sure people connect with you? Yeah. So I am on LinkedIn. Um, and I am on uh, I don't use it very much, um, but I am there. So you can shoot me a message. And I'm also on Instagram, which is really the social media of my choice. Uh, Real Craig Valentine, Real Craig Valentine. And then if anybody just wants to email me, I, I actually like email. Uh, I don't actually get that much email, surprisingly. It's just Craig at CraigValentine.com. Somebody wants to shoot me a message. And the last thing I'll say, if, if anybody just wants to grab all my books, audio or uh, ebook format, they can do so for free at Craig, CraigValentine.com forward slash free books because I wrote my books to be read. And that's why I don't, I don't mind giving them away for free. That's excellent. Well, Craig, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this has been really insightful. Oh, cool. uh, 
And if you're listening today, please take note. This is really key in the foundation, the underworkings and underpinnings of any excellent family, excellent legacy you're creating, excellent financial system, any excellent business, any excellent life. This is really the the foundation that you need. So thank you for listening today. And in closing, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a life and business you love. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and registered investment advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.